Blog Talk Radio. Keep doing your thing because you never know. I might be sitting at home with a chicken bone to see you on TV. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> I know them, you know. I go to one event, I got like five, six people, you know, booking me, blam, blam, blam. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm independent. And I am doing, I'm independent. And I'm like, wow, I'm doing it like on a big scale, like I'm a real artist. I'm like, what? But, hey, I spoke You are it. a real artist. You I am a real artist. was written, and, and you know what, you know what, because I am, I'm so appreciative. You zeroed in Right where I really want the reader to get that was the that's really the reason why I wrote the book. I wrote the book because I told God I would be faithful about the spirit that He gave me, and that and and He wouldn't let me re, you know release it for some time. But if no one else gets anything out of that book, get chapter nine. That's very that's very very simple. That's very very simple. You know, oh. I talk nice to him. They call me Daddy. A.K. Disco. A.K. Disco. Three times. And I'm saying, look, I don't do no physical harm to her. I just threaten to take the food, the clothes, and the home from her. And they act right. Oh. Oh. Okay. I was just thinking maybe you might have to clean house or something like that, but that's great. Well, back in the old days when I first started, I I used to use the duct tape and the clothes hangers and all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that yeah, because that's an old tried and proven practice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I heard. <laughs> it's a national anthem. I make them all say before I put them on the street. They say, "We are capable girls." The one you heard about. We fight with knives and forty five and broken bottles too. We uh take for those girls, so who the hell are you? Oh, <laughs> mercy. Who the hell are you? Okay, I was just about to ask you that. Like what genre would you say most of your music um you know, I guess is in. I don't want to put you in a box or anything, but what do you feel that most represents your style of music? Well, the, Ron L., uh, who's one of my partners, and we formulate the Love Brothers. We've just finished our fourth CD as well. He lives in Virginia. He said it's a combination of jazz and hip-hop, which he calls Jip Jop, which I registered and copyrighted right away. No, other than, other than the fact that... Um, you know, like you said, I've been, I, I was sitting there, there was times when I was sitting beside him while he was doing his beats and everything, and, um, you know, I, I don't want to call him his real name, Chance has come a long way, and his music Thank you, Jesus. is I got some people clapping for you too. <laughs> 
We can't be having no stadium concerts in the pandemic. <laughs> How you been, man? Man, I am awesome, brother. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's it's gonna be fun for the next hour. I mean, I had I had you on here. I guess about man seven, eight, nine years ago. Maybe even ten. I don't know. It's been maybe, a minute. Maybe ten. It's, been a minute. it's when you first moved to Atlanta. Yeah, I've been here almost fifteen years now. I've been here fourteen years. See. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know because like when you first got here, I like I told you, I used to listen to everything that you your name was associated with, especially me <laughs> being a young soldier in the army, buying music, and was up on the latest music whatever came out. I thought I always looked and seen who produced different albums and different music, and mm-hmm. anytime I anytime I said your name and. And Teddy Riley, my boy was like, "Man, why did you do that?" I said, "Man, these, these albums guaranteed to be good right here. I, I ain't even got to worry about the songs. I just look and see who produced it. I'm just snatching it up, right?" So he started doing the same thing. Pretty soon, everybody in the barracks started doing the same thing, <laughs> and everybody was listening to you. Because when I first bought uh, Vanessa Williams. Her first album, I first bought that, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, come to the room, and who is that? You know, I said, it was Vanessa Williams and all that, but I said, this is the dude, the producer right here. This, this is who you need to, when you read the album cover, the back, you need to see his name on there and just pick it up. Don't don't even worry about it. If you, <laughs> if you, if you haven't heard it or not, just get it. Well, I, you know, so, I appreciate that. <laughs> Man, I, I'm serious. That's the way it was for me. So, and uh, I I did try to look up your list of credits, which probably would take the whole show. But uh, it would take the whole show to actually do it. <laughs> but I'm gonna name some of them out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So what are you doing? I know this pandemic changed everything up because you used to perform weekly in Atlanta. Right. So how has it changed for you since uh, this thing jumped off like last year in March? Yeah. Yeah. The whole, I mean, you know, needless to say the whole last year, man, has been, has been crazy for everyone. Um, and not just, you know, not just me, not just the artists who are, not able to, you know, perform and that kind of thing, but for the venues themselves, you know. Um, right. I, I I really feel for them because, you know, they have staffs of people. They got servers and cooks and bartenders and stuff, man. That's, that's, a, that's an amazing undertaking. It's not something I would ever want to do. But the people that have done it, man, I, I just, I applaud them. And, um, you know, and so I really feel for them too in this situation. But as far as we're concerned, um, yeah, you know, when I first started doing the, the R&B circus, we were doing every week at Cafe 290. Like you said, we were doing every Friday. But um, we moved from Cafe 290 to a spot called St. James Live here in town, uh, this beautiful black-owned facility owned by uh, Ron and Evelyn St. James. And... Um, <clears throat> And there we were just doing once a month. Uh, we were doing first Friday, and then we started doing the third Friday, I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then so, um, you know, then when the pandemic hit, you know, everybody was just in a quandary. You didn't know what, you know, how long it would be, what we were doing, or, you know, what we were looking at. Um, so we we just been on an indefinite hold. Uh, St. James has started opening back up for some limited engagements with uh, 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 what do you call social distance seating, um, you right. know, and that kind of thing. But, but in the meantime, man, we've all kind of had to do, you know, other things. My my music director, Quentin Robinson, he's, he's 
he's my drummer, but he's a, he's a fantastic musician and and an artist in his in his own right. So he just finished his own record. His single dropped last week. Um, my the girls who sing background with me, the Black Bettys, Cherie and Sharita Murphy. Um, we just did a record on them mm-hmm. that'll be dropping over the next month or so. That is incredible. Um, it's a song called You Belong to Me, and we're going to kind of work toward an EP, too, with them. But, um, right. you know, so everybody's just relying on the other things that you can do. There's one one thing about being creative. You know, I, I don't, you know, just because you're a songwriter doesn't mean you can't write a play, or it doesn't mean you can't do a voiceover, or it doesn't mean you can't, I mean, you can do all kinds of things in the creative realm, you know, just push, you know, right. whatever, your, whatever your mind can imagine you can do. And, and because you can do that, you can always like kind of come up with ways to do things to sustain yourself. Um, you know, I do my own graphics because, you know, I got to a point where I couldn't pay for it. Um, but I always needed, you know, flyers and stuff for my gigs and everything. So, you know, I just broke down and, and got the Photoshop software and started doing it myself. And I had my, my nephew, who's a tremendous uh, graphic artist. He actually works in uh, in marketing. But he gave me a little two-hour tutorial and was like, here, you know what you want, Uncle Kipper, you do it. And um, and I've been doing that ever <laughs> since. Well, now I can also do flyers and posters and social media uh, ads and stuff for other people because I know how to do it. Um, and that's like another, oh, cool. another stream of income, but it, it's also, you know, just another part of the creative expression, you know. So we have to, you know, just kind of come up with ways and stuff to, you know, to still sustain ourselves, you know, during the, during these times. Um, Georgia is a right-to-work state. We don't really have a lot of uh, union activity here. You don't really, you know, go by the the union book in Georgia. So by the same token, if you're a musician and you're in this town, if you don't work, you don't eat. You know what I mean? Because you can't really, you, you know, you're not getting a regular steady paycheck or you can't really depend on the union for benefits or any of that kind of stuff. If you don't work, if if you ain't working, you ain't eating. And so that can be really, really tough, man. So you have to, you know, come up with other ways that you can, you know, serve, serve the people who are still in search of your creative content. But, you know, you just have to find out other ways to do it, you know. That's right. And I might have to hit you up because you probably know how to do album covers too. Um, I've done a couple your, of covers. Uh, I'm sure yeah. you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Um, I did a single cover for an artist. I did. Uh, well, hell, I did all my my single covers. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it ain't it ain't nothing but a thing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna start off because I got four songs and I want to play them all. I'm gonna start off with the oh, uh, song "Watch Over Me." which is one of my favorites, but, I mean, every song you got is one of my favorites. The, another <laughs> one of my favorites, <laughs> Watch Over Me, explain explain that song before I play it. So I, um, I had done Vanessa's Right Stuff album, um, I think – no, I hadn't done five heartbeats yet, but um, this was, so that was 1988, 89, um, and I was heading into doing my solo record, which I did in 1990. So Watch Over Me is included on my, when I say my solo record, it was an album for Virgin Records in 1990 called Ordinary Story. And um, I, I'm good friends with the Crouch family. Um, you Probably your listeners know Andre Crouch, the gospel of giant of gospel music. Um, but uh, so I grew up kind of around his uh, nephews, Keith and Kenneth Crouch. And Keith, I just always thought was just enormously gifted and was putting these these tracks together that were just like crazy. So we started kind of writing together. 
But when I got my deal and I was doing my record, I said, Keith, I want you to produce a song on the record. And he was like, I'm not ready to produce a song on a record. I was like, yeah, you're beyond ready. So anyway, he wrote and produced Watch Over Me for my record, for the Ordinary Story album. And Uncle Andre was so gracious as to uh, help with the background arrangement and bring his singers in. So the song also features the Andre Crouch singers on background vocals. And uh, that that was amazing to me. I can always say that Uncle Andre is on my record. <laughs> you know, the legend, <laughs> the, 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 the man who is in the, the Baptist hymnal, he, you know, he is, he is on my record. Yeah, man. So that's uh, that's kind of how uh, Watch Over Me came about. And I really wanted to do a, uh, a, a well, you call it a gospel song, but I wanted to do um, some sort of inspirational or faith-based song on the record. Um, and that just that locked it up right there. I was like, okay, that's perfect. So that is the story. Here it Watch is. Over me. And, and Kenneth, uh, Keith's brother Kenneth, is also playing organ on the record, too. It's a family affair. Here it is.
stop right there. Don't even come out here. Don't, because you don't know what they might do. Don't do anything. Oh, my God, he was just right. losing it. And we're, and we're, like I said, we're spread eagle in the middle of the street, face to the ground, and I just looked at Keith, and I said, Keith, that's it. I'm out of here. I can't. I can't do this no more. You know, and, and right. that was the day I said, I'm, I'm leaving L.A. Because that that was just, it was just becoming too much. It was just, I mean, you know, the police thing there is just outrageous. It's ridiculous. And so when, uh, a little fast forward, when we went to see the movie uh, 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 Straight Outta Compton, and that scene happened where, right. the, where Draymond got jammed up in front of the studio, and everybody was like, oh, man, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. That don't happen. I'm like, nigga, that happened to me. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. Not only could it happen, it does happen, and it did happen. You know, mm. and that's why I, mean, I was done with LA. That was in May of two thousand. Yeah, I sold my house on the Fourth of July. I had a U-Haul truck, and I was on the road headed to Dallas. Mm. That was it. I was, I was done. Yeah, that would make you done. Laid yeah, in the middle I of the mean, street with a suit on. Yeah, yeah, with a, with guns drawn on you, you know, <laughs> and it, and and it happens all the time. I mean, it just happens time and time and time again. I was sick of it. I was just done with it, man. Yeah, you know, I understand. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't live there. Get that. You know, and not to mention <laughs> the the price of everything and the stress of everything and everything's crowded and everything. It's just, it's too much, man. It ain't, it's, not, it's not worth it. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't worth my sanity and I was losing my mind, you know. Right. And so right. It, it was, it's, it's, and it was just as simple as God spoke to me and said, Kipper, get out of here. Get out of here. It was a divine directive. Get out of here or you're going to die here. And I was just obedient to the spirit, man. And I just left. You know, and I didn't even know where I was going, but God again said, "Go to Dallas. You always have a good time in Dallas. You like Dallas. Go to Dallas." So I said, "Okay." And when I got to Dallas, then I found out why it was Dallas, because I was introduced to a pastor named Freddie Haynes, who changed my entire life. You know, and got me okay. together, man. And and I I'm just forever grateful. You know, my my what was that. That was 2000. What year? 2000. Yeah, that was 2000. I got there on the, I left L.A. on the 4th of July. I got there on the 7th. Me and and my two cousins, neither one of them had a driver's license, but I needed some help. (laughs) So so we got on the road and God covered us and we made it safely. Yep. I'm glad. I'm glad you left, brother. Yeah, I'm glad I, you left. You know, I am too. And for years, I mean, I was so angry with LA and how I felt like people treated me and all that kind of thing that I didn't go back for years. It was it was almost ten years. Yeah, because I think it was 2011 or something like that before I even went back. And 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 I had to yeah. force myself. I mean, I had been back for, like, you know, funerals, my uncle passed, um, my stepmother passed, stuff like that. But in terms of, like, going back to, like, just chill or gig or something like that, mm-mm. And so I I ended up having to force myself to do it because I found myself becoming afraid. Um, like, oh, maybe maybe I don't have it no more. Maybe I, maybe I can't do it. Maybe, you know. And I just said, uh-uh, I can't, I can't fall into that. So I called uh, Cornelius Mims, my, you know, my dear buddy, buddy, and I said, Corny, I'm coming out there this weekend, whatever the weekend was, and I said, I want to do a gig somewhere. Can you just put a band together, and I'm just coming, and I'm just going to hit. And he was like, hell yeah, nigga. <laughs> so he put uh, it was TVs on the strip. Uh, it's not there anymore, but in in, in uh, Encino, 
in the in the valley. And we I went out there, man. I had no idea the kind of love and stuff that people really had for me. It was amazing. It was it was amazing. You couldn't get in the place. You know, they heard I was coming and they just showed up like crazy. And um I mean between family, friends and you know, and all that kind of thing, it was it was it was just amazing. And so I turned around a couple of months later and came back again. <laughs> One more time. Right. Um, but this time it was a nicer place. It was a little more a little more put together and stuff. But uh but again, it was just it was packed out. Um just it was just a wonderful, wonderful situation. So now I'm I'm you know, my my feelings about LA, while I know that I could never go back and live there. Uh, or I I don't desire to ever go back and live there. I'm also much more comfortable right. going back to it now, you know. Well, that's good. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. You get you left family and friends to get away. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's home. Got, you know, my, my family and my dearest yeah. friends are there. You know, so at least at least it got better for you when you went out there. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of better, I got the song better that you did. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, explain, explain that song better. Um. So, I again, I left LA 2000. Um, I'm in Dallas with some of the most creative people I'd ever met in my life. Um, Dallas has uh, just a, a, a locked market on, on talent, man. I tell you, there's Sean Martin and Gino Young and Braylon Lacey and uh, just uh, Madaku Chinwa. Um, I mean, the list is really long. I mean, there's just some incredibly gifted people there. You know, not not just the Erica Badus of the world, but, you know, just a bunch of people. Ndambi, um, you know, there's just some great talented people there. So, I, I was working a lot with all of them, just, you know, doing some writing and here and there and, and that kind of stuff. And um, during that time, um, I just said, you know, I wanted to maybe try to do a project on myself as well. Um, and I was just collecting tracks from everybody. But I got that particular track from uh, Terrace Martin, who uh, who I've known since he was 16, just playing saxophone in high school. Um, but right now he's one of the top, <clears throat> excuse me, hip hop producers on the West Coast. He works quite often with uh, Kendrick Lamar. He's all over Kendrick's records. Yep. But um, Terrace Martin and Marlon Williams, who's a guitar player who plays <clears throat> a lot with Snoop Dogg. Excuse me, I got some water here. But he plays a lot with Snoop uh, in the Snoopadelic band, and he also was the music director at my church. Uh, first AME when I was in LA. But anyway, those two guys sent me that track. And I was just like, oh, we. Um, I didn't really have any real impetus for that storyline except for the fact that I just wanted to speak to kind of a situation, you know, that we all kind of find ourselves in where we just need to hear, hey man, it's it's gonna be all right. Whether you whether you are locked down or whether your <clears throat> whether your spouse left you, whether you you can't get a job, whether the police is messing with you like they did me, whatever it is, but it's gonna be all right. It's it's gonna be all right. Um because you know, law of averages says that it's gonna have to be all right <laughs> eventually, you know. <laughs> This is this is better, Kimber Jones. Hard to paint, work been hard to find. 
Yo, this is poet, author, Mark Lacey. That's M-A-R-C-L-A-C-Y. And you are listening to A-T-A-Z-P, recorded live right here in the A-T-L. Don't forget to check me out at www.marklacy.com. That's www.marclacy.com. Read about the critically acclaimed, the looking heart, poetic expressions from within, and reflux. And don't forget to keep it locked at A-T-A-Z-P, recorded live. T-A-Z-P, live on Blog Talk Radio with my host, Kipper Jones, in the building. Uh, I love that song better, too. Uh, amen. Uh, it, the song, even though we ain't going to call you no gospel singer, but you know you do <laughs> some gospel tones out in there on the lyrics, right? Oh, my God. I don't think I got him back on. Wait a minute. Is he on? Kipper, you there? No, that's me. I'm sorry. Um, so oh, okay. um, it's just funny that you said that because I had to sing at a, uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine is a pastor here. Uh, his name is Troy Sanders. 
Uh, and I had to sing at his installation service, right, his pastoral installation. And I'm like, man, there's going to be all these bishops and stuff. Dude, I ain't no gospel singer. You know, he was like, Kipper, just you'll be fine. So I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, and yeah, I didn't you'll even, be fine. I didn't even know what I was singing. I didn't know what I was singing when I got there. I didn't know what I was singing. And somebody said, just sing Greatest I Faithfulness. And I'm like, okay, yeah, at least I know it. Okay, great. So I sang the song, and um, Bishop Yvette Flunder, who I absolutely adore, she is just, she is, is one of my spiritual advisors. But when I got done with the song, she walked up to me, and she just gave me a big hug. She said, you're not a gospel singer, huh? She said, yeah, well, you are now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and that's what I'm saying, okay. man. <laughs> don't don't fight it, bro. Don't fight it. I mean, yeah, it's in you. You can hear it. You can really hear it. I mean, you don't have to get churchy on every song, but you can you can feel the gospel tones in there. You can feel it. Now. Yeah, it's it's funny, man. I mean, you know, because yeah, you know, I'm I'm raised in church. I've I've listened to gospel music my whole life. Um. Yeah. And when my parents divorced, you know, we grown up in LA, but when my parents divorced, my mom moved us back to Michigan for three years. And when we were in Michigan, we went to a church called um New Jerusalem Baptist Church. <laughs> Excuse me. And um there was uh the pastor there, his name was uh Otis Floyd, Pastor Floyd. He's it be, became Bishop Floyd. But um man this dude had more soul than, I mean, my mother says I used to just sit there and just marvel at him. I mean, I guess I did because I tried to emulate him as a singer. He was such a mm-hmm. soul, you know, and I mean, and I know I was in Michigan, and that's, there's, there's something about soul singers and Michigan, too, um, because people like David Ruffin and, Bobby Womack spent a lot of time there, but, um, I mean, just Felipe Wynn, who is one of my favorite singers ever of all time, uh, mm-hmm. the singer, the singer of the spinners. Um, but, man, right. Bishop Floyd could sing, man. He just had all this old growling soul thing. And I just I just wanted to be that and, and just, you know, so I was really soaking up that soul piece. So, yeah, so a lot of things that you hear that I do <clears throat> will – kind of, you know, reflect that. Um, but I listened right. to everything, even when I was in Michigan. I mean, I was listening to a lot of a lot of rock and roll stuff because there wasn't a lot of black radio going on, you know. we You, you heard some Al Green, but you heard more Paul McCartney. Um, and so it was, it was just a really interesting period for me musically, you know. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I've when I listened to you, I thought about it. I said, the Joker said he don't, he, he's an inspirational man. He gospel all the way. For real. For, that's <laughs> what I'm saying to myself. That Joker, <laughs> he, he's gospel all the way. Because uh, you can tell it. Uh, most, most, I grew up in the church, too. My dad was a preacher. Uncle mm-hmm. Bishop. <laughs> Stayed with Daddy King. Uh, New Martin Luther King. Lived in Daddy King's house. When he went to the school in Morrisburg in the early 50s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can tell when somebody got the little gospel roots in their soul just through singing. And it's real yeah. easy to pick out, especially if you know, you know, you've been around that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's. Uh, um... I... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. It's on you. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, you know, just that whole um, being ra- being raised in church is interesting, too, because the gospel music thing um, is like, you know, the the expected thing for you to do. But in our church, I mean, you know, you had to learn anthems and spirituals. And, you know, it wasn't just about all that hollering and stuff. You know, you had to learn um, the hallelujah chorus. Or, um, you know, spirituals like, oh, keep so busy praising my Jesus, keep so busy. You know, all that stuff, man. We had to learn every 
manner of black right. historical music and that kind of thing, you know. So it was it was a great learning of what do you say? Yeah, learning uh, place too. You know, not just the uh, exhibition of the music, but just learning the history of the music as well. You know. And that, that's good for your background as far as helping you write too, and influence oh, absolutely. you in other things that you that you sing about. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a, you know, it's great for subject matter. It's great for, um, you know, style, stylization, if you want to call it, you know, all of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go through a list of some of the stuff that they got you on. Uh, on your credits, uh, music credits, of course, they got Baby, and then they got Huge with an exclamation point at the end. Uh, was Baby one of your Huge's uh, songs that you wrote? Um, Yeah, what happened was, <clears throat> of course, I Want to Be Down was the uh, first single from Brandy's album. But then they did the remix with Latifah and MC Light and, and Yo-Yo. And right. um, in, those, in those days, you know, you, you know, like I know, you had the A side and the B side, right, on your, on your record. Um, or mm-hmm. if they released a 12-inch version of something, you know, you had an A side and a B side. Well, the only way that you could get this new remix of – I want to be down with like Latifa was you had to buy the new single which was Baby. Okay, mm-hmm. so that sent the sales through the roof, and it became Atlantic Records' fastest rising number. Uh, I think it was the fastest number one record or something like that <clears throat> at that point. I don't know. They probably topped it now with all these old kids and doing what they do. But um, right. But yeah, it broke all kind. It broke all kind of records, like sales records and and stuff like that. You know, I was one of them that got that. I was pleasantly surprised on the B side. So yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember it well. Uh, there's another one. I could be wrong by Chocolate Puma. It got you down as composer. Do you remember yes. that? No, absolutely. <clears throat> so what happened? I don't remember. I've never heard no, no, of no. Puma. No, no, you wouldn't. You would. You probably wouldn't. They're a DJ crew. Um, and what what happens is, is somebody, if they want to sample your record, they are more than welcome to sample it, but they still have to give me credit for the for writing the song. So right. that, okay. that particular record is it's a brandy cover. It was not really a cover but it's more like a remix kind of thing. And I right. get credit because I wrote the song. Um, and that's just kind of the way it works. What they did was they took, um, I could be wrong, but I feel like something could be going on. I could be wrong, but I feel like... And it just kind of loops out. And, you know, okay. and, and that's, that's what that record is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are love tons you. of those... That that song gets a okay. lot of sample requests. Because mm-hmm. I do remember hearing it. Love You mm-hmm. Up, a two-inch punch. They got you a composer on that. That's the same kind of yeah. deal? Same deal. Same deal. Yep. Okay. Uh, it's Susan Songs for Babe, John St. John. Got you a composer. Who is that? Uh Soothing songs for babies. John St. John, I guess, was yeah, the artist, know. and it's got you I have no as idea. composer. I have no idea what that is. I have no idea. What brother, that is. brother, every time we get together, I name something, and you didn't know, and your name, I'm like, hey, you need to, I need to be getting a finder's fee. Because <laughs> real stupid. But there's sometimes they get that stuff wrong, because, like, that's not. You know, it's not always me. So sometimes, okay. like it'll be, it'll be just like just wrong. <laughs> you know. Okay, let me go Google the Google ones Google. that I think I'm right. As, okay. Uh, the Basement Files Volume One, Kipper Jones as the artist and composer and producer. I guess 
It got one of your songs on there. Yeah, I think I think that's right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going through the ones I think that might be right. Vanessa Williams, yeah. I got that. Wishing on yeah. a Star, Kipper Jones, I got that. Tease, mm. tease, I got that. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about this one. Uh, Paul Jackson, I came to play. Has got your background vocals? Yeah, absolutely. Paul Jackson and I went to high school together. Uh, and um, that's uh, that was his, I think it might have been his first solo record. But I, yeah, but I am singing on that record. Mm-hmm. I am familiar with him, Johnny Mathis. Once in a while, background. Absolutely, absolutely. Once in a while, you, yeah, it's a real doo-wop thing, man. I was so honored to be a part of that record. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Living Large by EU. That's where I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm lost on that one. As composer, you composed the EU joint? I did three songs with EU. I did uh, I did the title song. <laughs> you I did, mean what? I did the title song, uh, Living Large. Um and I did a song called Shake It Like a White Girl. Um, yeah, I remember that. I got that album. And, That's why I'm going what? Yeah. And I think I'm on Buck Wild too. I think it's three. It's either two or three songs. Mm-hmm. But you did some go go. <laughs> oh yeah. That's yeah. Atlanta go go yeah, right there. Cause the, that was all around the Virgin record time, records time because they were signed to Virgin after their uh, after the butt they got a deal at Virgin. Um, and right. plus the five hundred soundtrack was on Virgin too. So I did a lot of stuff while I was at Virgin Records. Yeah. Brian McKnight, Brian McKnight album, uh, vocals, background mm-hmm. vocals. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, I, I met Brian McKnight when I was uh, when I was in Atlanta working at North North Lake Mall as a security guard. I had to watch out for his uh, limo, and I kept opening the door. Young young security guard back then, and I was looking. <laughs> I seen two girls walking. I said. Uh, I'm coming back to get you, man. I got to stop these girls. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I ran outside. That joker was right behind me. I'm like, dang, he ain't supposed to be outside. And he's talking about, Mr. Security, man, they fine. I need to hang out with you. I said, Brian, you don't want to hang out with me, bro. You'd be in trouble with me. And then, then his limo came. Thank God. Oh, it'd be it'll be fun because if anybody goes out with me, we would have another name for you. Your name would be Kipper. It'd be Donald something. Donald Donald <laughs> Chin. That's Donald Chin, man. Oh, Kipper Jones. Yeah, he looked like him, but no, nah, that ain't him. <laughs> that's that's exactly how we would have played that all night long. Right. Uh, I want you to give your information where people can hit you up uh, on social media. Uh, the new, listen to the music, listen to what you're doing, the new stuff that you're doing. You're always doing something new. I remember you had a video talk show you was doing too at one time too. Yeah, and that'll be coming back. Um, we're gonna we're gonna jump back in it this summer. Um, just kind of took some time off and kind of revamp it and. Uh, because it really got a great response. Uh, that was no better with Kipper Jones, and we were really excited about bringing that back, too. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, everybody can – I'm real easy to find. I'm Uncle Kipper everywhere. Uncle Kipper at Twitter and the Twitterverse, at the, at the Instagram, at the Facebook, wherever you want to hit me, I'm Uncle Kipper. Um, you can also send me an email at UncleKipper at Gmail if you want to, uh, if you feel so inclined. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm easy to get. Oh, and as far as Man, music I'm... and whatever else is happening, if you really want to stay tuned, please go to the website, kipperjones.com. Um, and that's where, like, all the new music and everything will, will come through there, all the notices about, you know, when, when the release dates and all that stuff are. I want to thank you again, sir, for coming in. Uh, one of my favorite people to talk to, one of my favorite people to listen to over over musically. I mean, seriously, uh, uh, you were one of my heroes when I was 
you know, a young infant in this thing, and still is, <laughs> and, you're, uh, and you're down to earth as hell. My wife loves you, <laughs> so and she sends her love as well. I was gonna say, tell that girl yeah. I say, you know, I'll get back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the song "Carry On." I gotta end it with "Carry On." I know we used to talking, man. We didn't get all four of them in. I'm, I'm like, sometimes you gotta say, "Stop, Kip, stop." But uh, what you, you were talking about was interesting, so I didn't want to stop you. <laughs> you said four. I said that's a lot of music, but okay. <laughs> Uh, carry on the song. Carry on. I'm gonna play this, and it rides out to the end. Uh, explain this song. Um, again, it's from the Ordinary Story record. Um, I got to make whatever statements I wanted to make. They were kind enough to let me pretty much have artistic control over the record. And one of the things I wanted to say was how important it was that Black folks know what music we have originated in this country, um, what artists are important and need to be recognized and not just glossed over. But we as younger people and even the generations under me, it is our responsibility to make sure that we promote the accomplishments of the ancestors. It's just imperative that we do. And that was my record, my, my way, excuse me, my way of doing that and paying homage to the, those who did, those who do, and those who will be doing it in the future. Um, that movie, that music was also featured in the Five Heartbeats in the film. It wasn't on the soundtrack. I wrote another song that's on the soundtrack, um, but it's, uh, it's featured in the film in the scene when they're in the 70s and they're in the studio with their afros and all that kind of stuff. They're playing Carry On, which is actually from my record. The Ordinary Story album. So, there you have it. Again, I want to I want to say thank you. Um, anybody that listens to this on the replay, you'll be able to hear this whole song because I'm gonna blast it all the way through. Uh, again, thank you, Kipper Jones, my brother from another mother. Thank you, bro. Man, love you, boy. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you. So good. Here we go. Standing on the verge. Here we go.
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 